everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today. Oh, That's right. As everyone who's following the show might know, we have finished the first Law trilogy. And when one series ends, another series must begin, which can only mean... Friends. The wheel of time turns and (laughs) that whole thing, because our next series that begins is the wheel of time. But we have to decide what comes next right that that's that's right we will be reading wheel of time very shortly you know the wheel of the show must keep turning one series ends a new series begins where that one ended and just keeps going for all of eternity that's basically the show but uh (laughs) yeah we like to break them up by getting the reading schedule up which can only mean again we are doing friends pitching fantasy yeah, that fantasy isn't going to pitch itself, Charles. It needs friends to do it for it. And that's where you and I come in. Yes, because, guys, picking a fantasy series to read is no task that should be taken lightly. Okay. Oh, no. It's a, it's a serious commitment. We're talking several weeks, thousands of words, hundreds of pages that we must commit to a series. So we take the process very, very seriously by going through this segment, which we call Friends Pitching Fantasy. Very simple, guys. Today, Dylan is going to pitch three different series he would like us to read. Series, Charles. I thought oh, we had a special oh, rule this time around because we're in the middle of two giant series already. We're going all the way through the First Law world, which will take us through, oh, I mean, that's... The first trilogy, then three standalones. I do want to catch that short storybook sharp ends, and then we'll have three more books to read in the Age of Madness after that uh, when Wisdom of Crowds comes out in September. And everyone knows (laughs) how long Wheel of Time is as 14 (laughs) books that we got to read through there. So we thought, Charles, though we normally pitch full series, it might be a good time to pitch that some standalones or at least books that can be read as just a single book and that's what we're here to do today isn't it Charles yes very well said Dylan because like you said we're we have like 20 something <laughs> books in the TBR pile for the committed for the show uh we need to kind of cycle through you know just break up some of that we don't want to do 14 yes. wheel of time books in a row so we're looking to spice it up sprinkle some pepper around with with some of these standalones and that is the objective for today to pick two standalone fantasy books and like dylan mentioned they may be part of a series but can be read as a standalone those there'll be a couple of those um right mentioned between well, today well, and they, wednesday as well exactly and 
you know, we will pick two more. Today, we will only be picking one because if you're hearing a little bit of extra zest or enthusiasm from uh, one of your two favorite co-hosts, being <laughs> me, um, <laughs> it's because this is a Dylan episode, isn't it? Charles? That's right. This is a very Dylan episode. How's this going to work? This episode is dedicated to Dylan's pitches. He's going to pitch three series. We'll talk about each one, and then I'm going to pick one. And then on Wednesday, the next episode that we drop, it will be a very Charles episode in which I pick three, pitch three series and Dylan picks one. And then those right. are the next two books that we will be reading after Wheel of Time. So it should be very exciting. And whenever you're ready, Dylan, I think we should just get right into it. We should. But I am reflecting that this this show with me doing most of the talking and all that kind of stuff with you ultimately having all the power is probably a very great reflection of our show. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> at least, right, I'm always on social media doing all the talking, but really, we know who runs the show. So, anyway, at the, uh, on deck here, mm-hmm. Charles, are three books that I'm super excited to get into. All right. Yeah. So first up is going to be the Paper Menagerie and Other Stories by Ken Liu. After hmm. that, I will be pitching Tigana by Guy Gabriel K. Okay, classic. And next up will be All Systems Red, which is uh, the, the first novella in the Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. These are some... Heavy hitters here, two of which I'm pretty familiar with, one of which will be new to me, and I got to say, I'm very excited to hear what you got. Are you starting with um, starting with Paper Menagerie and other stories? I will be starting with the Paper Menagerie and other stories, and right. yeah, uh, shall I get into it? Yeah, man, I'm excited to hear it. Awesome. So for those unfamiliar... Uh, The Paper Menagerie and Other Stories is a collection of short stories from uh, writer Ken Liu, who has both short stories and novels out, uh, probably rose to fame, I'll say, uh, or prominence in his short story writing. And this is basically just taking all of his, uh, what what he felt was his best work and and many uh, award Givers, I guess. Uh, big ones thought these are some really amazing works, too. It's just chock full of all these like award-winning and nominate works. If you go to Goodreads, it's like you have to click like see more details to see all the stories that were winning all these awards and nominating for all this stuff. But it's called The Paper Menagerie and Other Stories for a reason. We got to start at the titular story, which is The Paper Menagerie. That's its own short story in this mix here and uh, it is absolutely incredible charles but don't take my word for it you can take the word of the nebula award committee the hugos and the world fantasy award because it became the first work of fiction to win all three of those wow right and that is (laughs) that's quite a feat so my own reading of it, it tells me that it's a rich story about the experience of acculturation. It's about perspective and it's about complicated relationships with 
parents and it, it's so good Charles I have a another group that I read this with so you might find this hard to believe you and the listeners Charles mm-hmm. but I do have a, another group of people that I read books with and talk about with um what yeah behind your back Charles oh my gosh uh, yeah so and we we actually it's hard to believe i'm sure but we don't even record it we just talk about it like people and don't create any content you you wouldn't understand something like that charles i don't think no content like (laughs) did you even talk if there's no content afterwards (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's a great point it's like if there's no if if there's no recording of your conversation about a book did it even happen but i I think it's been happening (laughs) i i seem to remember it even if i don't have any proof and i'll tell you charles so we just read it's about things not just fantasy but obviously i sneak in some speculative fiction when i can and i got everyone to read the paper menagerie just the short story this titular one and every single person that read it cried (laughs) and i thought look i was going in for a second time by that point and i was like i'm going in and i know what's coming I don't necessarily need my bucket of tears, I thought, <laughs> uh, or my bucket for Four my tears, tears. Yeah. as uh, <laughs> our <laughs> Rebecca Kwong uh, likes to say about uh, her wonderful Poppy War trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I was like, okay, well, what's pretty cool is I can listen to audio by the great LeVar Burden, who actually recorded uh, the paper menage, like, audio for the paper Uh menagerie that's available for free on spotify so uh, you're welcome listeners you might not even have to leave the app that you're currently listening to us on to go find lavar bird and reading this wonderful relatively short i think the whole recording's like an hour Um, yeah it's awesome Uh, so i listened to that and i thought look uh, i'm not gonna cry again but Charles, I was bawling by the end. I really did need a bucket of tears. And you need I, a bucket for your tears. Bucket for my tears. Uh, <laughs> I had a bucket of tears by the end of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And if for nothing else, Charles, this is a great book for us to read because we'll read the paper menagerie in there and we can see if it's possible to break through your bureaucratic heart <laughs> and actually make you cry charles that's what wow. people want to know can Break charles cry steely exterior <laughs> yes <laughs> well i know oh, that you know i'm not re- done yet oh but go, you can go you can go it's uh, cool. i just it's a comment on the bucket of tears thing <laughs> I, I know <laughs> i know kwong's fans have buckets of tears for a specific reason I imagine, though, that the reasons for having a bucket for your tears for this series would be slightly different, right? Or this the, is more the story, or yeah, the reason the why you would be crying into your bucket of tears yeah. would be different because you know, Poppy War is very like dramatic and violent and intense and brutal. Oh, this and I is... imagine that this is more like sentimental crying or like. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll say you know we love the Poppy War trilogy, but I I didn't cry reading that one because mm-hmm. it it just didn't hit me in the way that this did like yeah, it's that. not a I sentimental mean. book but it is a tragic book popular right. that's well said charles mm-hmm. very there's a lot of tragedy in it and a lot of really horrible things that happen and that for whatever reason that doesn't you know i feel 
bad about it and it's hard to read sometimes, but I just don't often cry from that. Mm-hmm. But this is like, you know, more sentimental, as you said, Charles. And okay. we'll see. We'll see if it can break, <laughs> break, melt that icy cold bureaucrat's heart. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm a bureaucrat now, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I like this narrative. (laughs) Yes. So, all right. Uh, Anyway, back to the pitch. Let's not bury the other stories, Charles. Let's not do them dirty because all of them tell deep, interesting, and touching tales that uh, address just like really important uh, thematic stuff. And shout outs for me go to good hunting is one of the short stories and that was actually adapted for an episode on love death and robots mm-hmm. charles have you watch that on netflix yeah i've seen it and actually when you i saw the notes for like the epi- the books that you were going to pitch and i had never heard of this book and i did some cursory google searching and then i was like wait i've seen love death and robots yes. which is a great series Like a a lot of those episodes are bangers. And I was like, which one is from this series? And it's called Good Hunting. And it it was a strange one, but it was very sentimental. And it was like a a bit bizarro, but had a lot of strong fantasy elements in it. I don't know. It was weird, but it was good. I liked it. It was one of the better ones. Yeah, I thought so too when I watched. So I watched that before I read the... I didn't know. I didn't know going into reading the paper menagerie that it, Good Hunting was a like story that was adapted mm-hmm. for something I'd already seen. And then I was reading. I was like, "Have I read this story before?" <laughs> and then somehow I I must have like Googled it and I found like, "Oh no, there's that Love, Death, and Robots episode." And it was one of my favorite episodes already from that show. And I was like, I read through the short story and I was like, "Wait." Even though I liked that episode, it completely missed the point. <laughs> and the the I hate to be this guy, but the the story was way better. The short story was mm-hmm. way better, actually, because it's more about how they landed the ending and kind of drove home the theme of that story, which was different. But we'll get into that if you choose the Paper Menagerie and other stories, Charles. Okay. And I also want to say a I'm gonna try to say this word right. Simulacrum was the name of the uh, another story that i really loved and it honestly it'd be an awesome like black mirror episode oh, and that's cool. what's cool about these short stories honestly is like you can see them adapted for some of these like anthologies and stuff and the reason why these make such good adaptations for things like that whether they have been or not the good hunting actually has been adapted just to make that clear while simulacrum has not um ken Liu's work is just speculative fiction at its finest charles uh hmm. a lot of the stuff that we discuss in our why fantasy episode about what makes this genre so great is exactly the kind of stuff that lou explores in his work here uh, so he says in his preface that all fiction is about prizing the logic of metaphors and goes on to say about fantasy that some stories simply literalize their metaphors a bit more explicitly, hmm. which is how a like really good writer might say <laughs> some of the things that you and I were trying to express <laughs> yeah. during that episode, right? Yeah. And Charles, if it, if it wasn't clear from all the awards, I'll, I'll just finish it by saying this is an incredibly thematic, evocative, and thoughtful piece of literature that would pass for capital L literature, I Mm -hmm. think, uh, that grapples with 
just important questions that would be really fun to discuss with you, huh? my buddy. So I'd have an awesome time if you chose this one, I think. I would agree. It sounds really awesome. You know, there's a lot that pulls me. It seems to have like sci-fi elements in it as well, which yes. is pretty attractive. And, you know, I really liked Love, Death and Robots. I mean, I'm a big animation fan, which is a huge reason why I liked that series. But that one was an interesting story. So I would be interested in comparing the two. Uh, I don't too. know, man. I mean, I, I don't have much to say. It sounds like we couldn't go wrong. Um, is it a particularly long collection of stories? Like how, how, how much time are we talking about here? It's not particularly. Oh, I see 465 pages. Yeah. That's not so bad. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to get across. It's it's not, you know, I'm going to be pitching All Systems Red later, and that's like 150 pages. So Mm -hmm. it's. Is this something that we could potentially, like, split into multiple episodes anyway, like tackle a short story at a time? I mean, at the very least, here's, here's what I'll say, Charles. Yeah. If you don't pick The Paper Menagerie and other stories, I know, uh, like, the other two are ones we'll get into that I know you either are very interested in or already have read and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't pick the paper menagerie, then please, Charles, please let me know that you'll at least read the the main story, the paper menagerie story. Um, uh, if you don't pick the overall collection, uh, and then maybe we can talk about that individual short story that won all this award, these awards and things like that. And maybe good hunting too mm-hmm. at another point, but at least I want, I want to get you to read the paper menagerie and see yeah. if it makes you cry more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I mean, we're going to have so much wheel of time stuff coming out. It would be nice to be able to have like shorter stories to keep in between those where it's like, okay, we're still reading these huge books and this huge series, yeah. but we can make a little time to read some short story as well at the same time just to have different content coming out on the show. So that's an attractive uh, proposition. Dylan over here trying to pitch two <laughs> stories at once. <laughs> I was almost about to uh, try to pin you down on the air committing to Well, you won't get anything that from me until story. all just pitches are heard. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll move on, and I know the next one. I mean, I, the next one's Tigana by Guy mm-hmm. Gabriel K. And I I think Charles, I I wrote a bullet point here that says, "You know it, you love it, you almost pitched it." <laughs> yeah, I know. I, mean, I told Dylan I was thinking about pitching it, and then he was like, kind of talking me out of it. So I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll I'll think of something else." And then I see the notes, and he says. <laughs> And I see that he's pitching Tigana. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you know, yeah. I love those roguish types, Charles. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no wonder he was talking me out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I it would have made uh, Locke Lamora proud, I think, Charles. But you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, while we're on the topic of friends Don't pitching Don't bring fantasy. it in. Next time, next time. <laughs> Yeah, I can't even pitch. I mean, <laughs> we may have a fan or two uh, that would be interested in the idea, Charles, of me having pitched The Lies of Locke Lamora as just a single book. Uh, I mean, and that is my favorite of the whole group there, Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, some people might enjoy that, even fans of our show. But I can't because of the rules of Friends Pitching Fantasy where anything that we reject cannot be brought back next time. And you so you're rejected. saying that it's your fault for pitching it last time when it should have been pitched this time? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? That's an interesting way to interpret that, Charles. Uh, you know, you could have just selected a gentleman bastard when I pitched last time. But shout out to Benjamin if you're listening. We'll yep. get there. <laughs> Benjamin, we'll get there. It's Dylan's yes. fault. Just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell uh, me about yeah. Tigana, Guy Gavril K, literary classic. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I do want uh, read the blurb first for any who are unfamiliar i know you and i charles could just dive in and talk about this because we both read it but mm. um tigana is the magical story of a beleaguered land struggling to be free it is the tale of a people so cursed by the black sorcery of a cruel despotic king that even the name of their once beautiful homeland cannot be spoken or remembered but years after the devastation, a handful of courageous men and women embark upon a dangerous crusade to overthrow their conquerors and bring back to the dark world the, bril the brilliance of a long-lost name. Dot, dot, dot. Tigana. Tigana. And, <laughs> <laughs> Charles, I'm, I'm not going to go in as deep on this one, Charles, because I think, like, you and... <laughs> You and I can basically collaborate on this pitch because... <laughs> I mean, we uh, could record you... the Buddy Read episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> if we wanted to. Probably a good idea to reread, and that's what I'm pitching yes. for us to yes. do. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, when I think fantasy standalones, Charles, which is what we're focusing on today, yes. I think I gave real K, and yes. I have a feeling you do too. I really do. And we're not alone there. Uh, alongside Under Heaven by Kay, uh, this book, Tigana, is consistently in the top 10 of our fantasy's best standalones of all time. And Tigana was even number one on that list in wow. 2015. That's the Reddit subreddit for fantasy for any folks who aren't on there. Mm -hmm. um, it is also rated as the best standalone fantasy book by bestfantasybooks.com. Charles, I know that's a site you and I went to all the time to yep, that's pick out books when we were first resource. getting into the genre. And they also have a user poll on there where people vote, and Tigana is number three all time on that user poll. So if that's not enough, Charles, Tigana was also listed as one of Time's top 100 best fantasy books of all time. Yep. So, and they know a lot about time. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> they do, yes. And then I'll say it's a very interesting setting with these Renaissance Italy vibes. Yeah. And I don't have to tell you, Charles, that it's incredible how well Kay is able to capture this setting and just convey a mood and tone throughout the book where you. You almost just feel like you're there. There's mm -hmm. something that he's able to do. You can tell it's so lovingly portrayed. I'll also say uh, great prose from Guy Gabriel K. Complex themes, interesting intrigue, elements of music, which I know you love. Oh, Charles, yeah. Lots of our King Killer fans who yep. listen would probably appreciate that too, along with the great prose. Uh, there are nuanced characters, and there's actually at least one pretty awesome twist that takes place in there that I think is built really well. So 
I mean, what more do you need to pick a book that you almost pitched, right? Right. And that's well said. I also feel like Guy Gavril K is a big gap in our friends pitching fantasy. I mean, our friends talking fantasy library, you know, I think he's one of the bigger authors that we have not like pulled in content on like we've even done George Martin without reading any of the books but we've talked about him a lot and I think Guy Gavril K is one that we should read soon and like you said I like standalone synonymous with Guy Gavril K he and you know he's the master of setting and I think he achieves that through like the extensive research that he does he always picks these like in terms of fantasy literature exotic right like the Mediterranean or Asia you know like he picks these really almost what you'd consider niche in fantasy settings do an insane amount of research and capture the spirit of that place in his own fantasy world and that alone is what makes like Tigana worth reading and um, you know, like when we did our recommendations for standalones, I recommended Under Heaven because I figured like Tigana's like so popular. It's like, let's pick one that's a little bit more under the radar. But even that's still a pretty popular book. Right. So, yeah, man, the only reason I didn't pitch it was there were so many other standalones that you had not read that I thought would be bringing be worth bringing into the conversation like to me tigana is almost like this inevitability that we're going to read it and talk about it so i was more interested in introducing you to some new literature than rehashing what both of us have already already read and that's really the only reason so when you brought it up i was like okay cool like i'm glad to see it's still in the mix you know because it is a fun book and i do have some opinions on it that I think we should talk about when we hit the buddy read. You know, I have some opinions <laughs> about characters and endings and things like that. <laughs> but for the most part, like Guy's work is super, super interesting. So I highly recommend it. And uh, it's tempting today. Tempting. Yeah. You see, this is part of why I picked Tigana was I was like, Charles probably has more to say on this than I do. He probably was already thinking through his pitch and these kind of things. And once I sneakily stole it from him, I was like, (laughs) I'll just say a bit and then I'll let Charles pitch it to himself. And who would be more likely to pitch the kind of things that would make Charles pick Mm. Tigana than Charles himself? It's true. I did make some very interesting points. (laughs) As always, Charles. (laughs) Well... Are we feeling good on yeah. Tigana and feeling ready to move toward a book that I've pitched before yes. on here, Charles, <laughs> but has now gone through enough time, another <laughs> friends pitching fantasy around to the point where I can finally pitch all systems read uh, the first book of the Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. Mm-hmm. So... Again, I'm going to read the blurb for anyone unfamiliar. In a corporate-dominated spacefaring future, planetary missions must be approved and supplied by the company, that's capital C company. Exploratory teams (laughs) are accompanied by company-supplied security androids for their own safety. But in a society where contracts are awarded to the lowest bidder, safety isn't a primary concern. 
on a distant planet, a team of scientists are conducting surface tests shadowed by their company supplied droid a self-aware sec unit that has hacked its own governor module and refers to itself though never out loud as murderbot scornful of humans all it really wants is to be left alone long enough to figure out who it is but when a neighboring mission goes dark it's up to the scientists and their murder bot to get to the truth. Very yeah. exciting. And Charles, I I'll say All Systems Red is a wonderfully character-driven novel that allows us to take the perspective of the just amazingly depicted murder bot. A droid designed for killing, but far more interested in isolating itself and watching countless hours of soap operas than in doing any actual killing. It is a brief, well-paced sci-fi novel that has a mystery plot, which really takes a backseat to that incredibly compelling character that is Murderbot. And I've already talked about its great psychological and philosophical themes that anyone can go back to a previous episode and hear me talk about. I've already told you that All Systems Red killed it, Murderbot <laughs> style, at the 2018's award season by winning Best Novella at the Hugo Awards, Nebula Awards, Locust Awards, and Alex Awards, and also was a New York Times and US Today bestseller. I've already read you the obligatory famous Murderbot premise quote, and I'll do it again because some <laughs> listeners might not have heard it yet, which is, I could have become a mass murderer after I hacked my governor module, but then I realized I could access the combined feed of entertainment channels carried on the company satellites. It had been well over 35,000 hours or so since then, with still not much murdering, but probably, I don't know, a little under 35,000 hours of movies, serials, books, plays, and music, consu music consumed. As a heartless killing machine, I was a terrible failure. And that just gives uh, everyone a taste of that <laughs> wonderful murderbot voice brought to us by Martha Wells. And Charles, as I've been noting throughout, I've already tried pitching this book to you yep. in my words. Mm -hmm. It's all out there in a previous episode. And, and you rejected it when <laughs> I pitched it to you in my words. So I figured, why not outsource this pitch to other folks and see how that works. And I thought one person you might listen to, Charles, is Daniel Green. Okay. Booktuber extraordinaire <laughs> who recently posted a glowing review in which he said that Murderbot is one of his favorite science fiction characters ever. Uh -huh. And, you know, Daniel Green, I would think, holds uh, probably a little more weight saying that than, than I do. I know someone else who would hold quite a bit of weight with you, Charles, and I'll finish with a quote from none other than the incredibly eloquent Patrick Rothfuss, Ooh. author of one of our favorite series, The King Killer Chronicle. I'm listening. He says, I'm going to make a simple declarative statement. This is one of the best stories I've read in years. Hmm. That feels abrupt. Normally I talk in circles around an issue. I <laughs> illustrate my point long before I ever actually state it. Sometimes I never come out and actually state it at all. Let's try another. 
I've never felt an emotional connection to the protagonist of a book like this before. I've never felt more of an empathetic connection to a character as strong as this before. Ever. Wow. That's pretty succinct from Patrick Rothfuss himself. <laughs> As he <Yeah>. admits himself. <laughs> yes. It's funny, too, because it sounds like he enjoyed it so much that he was like, I can just say <laughs> these ridiculously concise statements that are like, he, I mean, never felt an emotional connection to the protagonist of a book like this before. That's like next level. That's a kind of thing that you don't, there's only one time you can, I mean, you could say it again if you find a new character that fits that, but you're saying this is top of the list. And I, I think he liked it so much. Yeah. He was able to just be super concise instead of kind of dancing around it like he normally does. And of course, because he's Patrick Rothfuss, he still adds in this awesome meta self-awareness bit to this like, hmm, I guess I'm being more... <laughs> concise than usual oh well <laughs> it's real no that's some really high praise right. for sure um that's awesome you know like it was so hard for me to not pick <laughs> Murderbot last time i forget what episode that was and what i ended up actually picking but i do remember being like oh man it may have been book of the ancestor but i don't remember and i was like oh man yeah what, i think that what was a it. tough choice and i just felt like i wanted to I wasn't done with the swords and sorcery, you know? I wasn't ready for that palate cleanser yeah. just yet, you know? I was hungry for more. And now that I'm like, okay, we've got tons of sword and sorcery coming up. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm i more I'm more prepared now. And, um, you know, all these reviews have been coming up recently. Like, it's convenient timing that Daniel Green had mentioned that semi-recently, right? I feel like that was... yeah. Recent to this that recording. was within like the last week or so, and right. I've been telling. I mean, basically ever since I realized that it had been to, you know, it's it's been enough time where I can pitch all systems red, which is only one I've actually read of the Murderbot Diaries. I which right. is kind of criminal. I feel like because I loved it so much, and I I do want to read the rest. But I well, as soon as I realized that enough time had passed, I was like. Charles, I'm bringing this back. So it was convenient yeah. timing. Back. It's convenient <laughs> timing, and it's yeah. appropriate for the standalone, you know, because like we discussed in the last one, there are more, but it certainly is diminishing returns in, sort of, in terms of, like, the conversation around the books. Like, that one is by far the in most... In terms of the size of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger now. than, like, you know, sweeping all these awards and getting this glowing thing from Patrick Rothfuss. So it's like... Um, yeah, that one seems to be the one that everyone kind of refers to, and it seems to be a contained story. So yes, um, I think it's a great, great option on the on the list here. Not much more to be said about it. Yeah. Okay, Charles. Well, I mean, we've we've done a way with <laughs> FBF used to be so rigidly formatted. I <laughs> feel like now, yeah. but it's basically now just I. In this episode, anyway, I read you three pitches and you choose one of the three. Is there anything left that you want to discuss oh, here, Charles, man. before? No, I think we've done it all. So we've got the paper menagerie, which, you know, 
sounds like there's a really strong emotional component there, which I'm always looking for in writing. To me, that's just such a huge accomplishment if you can move the reader. And to be doing it that consistently and to get praise from you about it certainly has piqued my interest. Um, But I am also kind of intrigued at the idea of giving each story its own room to breathe. Um, So let's, you know, keep thing on the fence there. Tigana, fantastic story. I think we could have a lot of great conversations around like traditional fantasy writing, just bringing in Guy Gavrilke's work and talking about the different plot points in Tigana. I think there's a lot of really interesting conversation to have there, and I do want to read that series. But I'm wondering if now is the time, you know, it's a meaty book and we've both read it already. And, um, you know, we've just finished two series that, well, we just started two series, First Law, and now we have time that I have read already. So I've read all these (laughs) series already. So it's like, I don't know. That's the thing that's holding me back from there. And then you have... Sounds like you're in the mood for something fresh there, Charles. Something unique or different. Well, here's the reality. I was pretty much decided before the episode (laughs) started what I was going to pick from this list. And your pitches have only confirmed that for me. Um, I... (laughs) I do want to read all of these books, but I think I have to go um, All Systems Red. I think I have to. Wow. It was the second time coming around. It seems exactly what I'm in, interested in right now, like a, a light read, a fun read, a different yeah. read, that palate cleanser pitch you stressed last time that was very appealing that I didn't choose. Now I'm way more ready. And so I don't need to be um, beating around the bush. Like, let's do... All systems read, table Tigana for a while, and talk about potentially sprinkling in some short stories from Paper Menagerie as we go through Wheel of Time and things like that, you know. But let's definitely put on the books All Systems Read by Martha Wells. An amazing choice, Charles. <laughs> I think you. Nailed it. I mean, you would have nailed it with any, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. That's the I, good thing about these is like you can't pick something. You don't. There's no wrong choice here. Yes. Yeah. You have three right choices, and you've chosen correctly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Good on you, Charles. Though I, I do think that it's a great time to be reading all systems red, to be joining in on the murder bot. It conversation around this book and i mean it'll be your first experience reading any of martha wells's work yep. unless yep yeah, and maybe. then uh, i think if you're looking for some freshness something unique something different from what we usually read while we're in the middle of reading two like you know first law world and Wheel of Time, yeah. which are going to be a lot of those particular voices, yes. uh, which luckily are pretty different from each other, too, if we're keeping things fresh. Right. Yes. But that being said, if you want to mix in this little, well, this isn't like anything that's happening in either of those two series, then I think All Systems Red is going to give you exactly that. And it all in a sweet novella package. Yes, so that what sweet more could novella you want package. Here, Charles? Yes. <laughs> We've committed to reading like millions of words. <laughs> so it's nice to have that sweet novella package <laughs> ready. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no one I'd rather dive into those millions of oh, words ahead. You. 
<laughs> with then you, Charles, my lifelong friend. And, you know, we're looking forward to getting into this sweet novella package, but I, I think we might already be ready for some of that sweet, sweet outro music. It, are, are we ready over there, Charles? I don't know. Let's listen for a bit and see what happens. Okay. Oh, there oh. it is. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. You know, we're going to read the first three books of Wheel of Time, and then we'll start either Murderbot or Book to be Determined in Wednesday's episode of Friends Pitching Fantasy, where I will be pitching three books to Dylan. He's got a tough choice coming up, people. You do not want to miss it. If you want to support the show, follow us on social media, engage with us, ask us questions, all that good stuff on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at the FTF Podcast. You can always shoot us an email at the FTF Podcast at gmail.com. Now, Dylan, if you wanted to go a little bit further in supporting the show, a free way that's still super helpful and impactful and you just happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts. What can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast. Yes. You just got to scroll down on that podcast page oh, yeah. over there on Apple Podcasts until you start seeing some stars. And <laughs> assuming they're on the iPhone and not uh, something that would alarm you to go to the hospital, then click on those five stars that you're seeing and leave a review if you do have time. But just listening, that is more just than enough. Just listening is more than enough. You made it to the end and we love you for it. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends. 